Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. My name is Eric Rubin, and I'm here with my partner, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill. GQ, how be you? I'm surviving, Eric. Or I mean, it's like halfway through the big T meet. I know everybody out there, all of our <laughs> listeners are really excited about that. But hey, I get this is the time of year I get a little bit of FaceTime and uh, spew my worthless knowledge uh, about the, the Timonium uh, runners that, you know, just top of the line racing at Timonium. But hey, it's 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 fair racing it's the only racing east of the mississippi and i embrace it totally because i get my 15 minutes of fame every race day how about yourself i'm doing well and and for those who don't know uh what gq is talking about or maybe you're not on twitter timonium is actually a track in maryland it's a state fair they have there they're only open for a couple weeks maybe what is it like eight days or something of racing Seven days of racing. Seven days of racing. So it goes very quickly, but for those who don't know, GQ is uh, one of the TV personalities. We call him Gary Wolfendale, or do we call him Maggie Quill? I don't know. Maggie Quill. Maggie Maggie Quill. Quill. He's the Maggie Quill. He's in the paddock telling you which horses have big butts and big hoofs and stuff like that. So uh, check out the Timonium feed. Uh, It's not the easiest to find, but no, it's on most ADWs. Uh, you're not on ESPN this year, right? They didn't have the contract. No, uh, possibly next year on ESPN, the Ocho. There you go. And I'd love to chat more, but we have a guest standing by waiting for us. And we have some live racing that we're both interested in betting. So we want to move this show along a little bit. Uh, We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Of course, Kentucky Downs is open uh, today. It's the opening day of their, I want to say seven day meet as well. I guess they're copying Timonium. So as Timonium goes, as does horse racing. And we have a very special guest with us this week. I don't know this guest until we just recently started to talk the last couple of days and talked a little before the show here, but he comes highly recommended from uh, one of our past guests. And our guest this week is a somewhat local to Kentucky Downs, and he'll talk about that. Welcome to the show, Jack Jenkins. Hey, guys. Good to be with you today. Thanks well, for joining us. GQ, you want to uh, do your usual uh, yeah, sure. for Winfrey yeah. with him and uh, yes. don't make him cry with all your tough questions. And then we're going <laughs> to handicap the late pick five at Kentucky Downs for Saturday. Well, Jack, uh, thanks a lot for taking the time out to meet with us and talk with us. Uh, as uh, is typical for our podcast, any of our new guests, um, we like to give our listeners an uh, you know, opportunity to get to know who they're actually going to listen to as far as handicapping races and stuff. So uh, give us a little background. Uh, when did you get involved in horse racing? Who got you involved all, you know, from soup to nuts and where you are today as far as your horse racing interest? Well, the, um, the guy we actually bought our pharmacy off of, my wife's a pharmacist and the older gentleman that was looking to retire and sell his business um, his, his favorite pastime was horse racing and he would always make the track to Kentucky Downs, uh, for simulcasting. And as we, as my wife was working there and stuff, he drug me along a few times. 
to sort of, I guess, be the designated driver or, or whatever <laughs> uh, for the country roads back home. And I just kind of, you know, fell in love with it. I always, you know, grew up, was the type of kid, you know, collect baseball cards and memorize stats and everything off the back of a card and, and kind of, you know, watched horse racing at a distance. You know, I remember watching um, Easy Gore, you know, as a 10-year-old, as a you know, and, you know, facing off against Sunday Silence and things like that on ESPN. And, but just, you know, never really bet or knew anything about the betting side of it. And he, he kind of showed me a little bit. And, you know, then I just – I, I kind of quickly realized he – you know, he was just basically a $2 trifecta box every single race. And I kind of figured out, okay, that's probably not the best way to go about it. So I kind of just, you know, honest, uh, I bought every book I could buy, every Steve Chris book, every Andy Byer book, and read all of those within probably, you know, just a few months and really, really learned. And one good advice he did give me was to really – focus and learn the pedigree side not a lot of people uh knew the pedigrees so i had a, i always felt like i for some reason had a knack for that and i've always relied on that and learn the pedigrees you know which horses are bred for grass um you know there's a lot of obvious turf breeding but there may be some that you can still find you know, every now and then a horse getting grass for the first time that has, you know, whether it's on the dam side or whatever, you know, so I, I still think there's some angles and, and some good ways to make money on that. So I, I did focus on that and just really read all those books and, you know, watched as many races I could always seem to constantly have TVG on and, and just, just, you know, one of those things where you, you kind of got to spend the 10,000 hours to, you know, sort of figure out what's going on and be comfortable. And, you know, then I was one of the lucky ones that had my $10 to win in place in 2005 on Giacomo in the, in the 2005 Derby and got a little lucky there, you know, <laughs> so that so, was one of so the first was, tickets I remember cashing. So do you remember what was it about Giacomo? Was it, was it a pace play? Was it the pedigree? What was it that convinced you to back Giacomo? Yeah, I thought, I thought he could, I thought he would probably get the, you know, back then so many of the derbies, they went so fast early because they had all those two-year-old, you know, sprinters right. stretching out. So I knew they would, you know, they would go fast, but I, I really liked his breeding. Uh, for the, for the distance, I still remember he was out of a stop the music mare, and I just remember always thinking, you know, these stop the music, the further they go, the better they, the better they are. And so it was just a couple little things, you know. I didn't love the horse or anything, but I thought, uh, you know, a horse that had an outside shot, hmm. that um, you know, I made a small small wager on him. That's cool. So as speaking of wagers. Um, from the time, you know, the, the, the decades that you've been betting the horses, has your preferable wager changed or have you, have you gotten from like a win better to an exacta better to a triple better 
to it seems like everybody's chasing the the horizontals yeah i'm i'm bad to probably chase the 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 multi-race picks a little too often myself i i really like playing the pick five some of my better scores have come with you know the especially since they've started doing it, which is, I say started, you know, it's probably been 10 years now, the years kind of click off, but you know, the 50 cent pick fives just allows you so much more coverage and, and things like that. So I've, you know, I've hit, I've managed to have some decent hits, nothing earth shattering or, you know, no six figure scores or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. some decent, um, some decent hits over the, over the years in the 50 cent pick five. So that's probably my, you know, if I could just make one betting race then that would probably be it. I mean, like, you know, these Kentucky down race, I mean, you're looking at a 14% takeout. So, you know, and if I do play verticals, I, I, I'm usually an exacta player. Okay. Well, you've come to the right podcast because my co-host lives and breathes pick five. So you guys, will be a match made in heaven when we get to the handicapping portion as far as constructing the tickets for pick five. And just to let our listeners know, you might be able to tell from Jack's accent, he comes from New England. So uh, <laughs> actually, he's he's a, a proud resident of the state, the volunteer state of Tennessee. And what uh, we talked a little bit about uh, before we started recording, and even though Jack's kind of you may think he's disconnected being in Tennessee and just a horse racing you know player and lover from uh far away he dropped the fact that he talked to Mike Maker this morning so (laughs) let us in on how how you became friends with Mike Maker well the the guy that drug me to Kentucky Downs he he decided to uh to you know, to take some of his money and um, claim a horse. And we actually even bought a couple of cheaper two-year-olds, which was his idea at the, at the OBS sales. So I, I had a, I had a friend that, that had a connection with, with Mike. And at the way back then, Mike was a fairly small outfit. He had, he had just at that time gotten the Ken Ramsey horses okay so he hadn't really you know the really the only uh he just won just a couple stakes races um so he was you know he was a fairly uh you know unknown trainer unknown not not unknown but he was you know what he was still trying to find his way and you know get some decent you know he was this you know claimers and things like that mm-hmm. and he you know he wasn't even known for a turf you know he mm-hmm. was he just mainly had a you know a few cheap dirt horses and stuff then. Kitten's joy changed that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a. I I think one of his his first big uh, stakes win was was a horse I actually uh, made a small win wager on before I knew him. Uh, that with a city won the won the turf stake at uh what would be now the Jeff Ruby stakes at Turfway and paid like fifty something dollars to win. Hmm. I still I still remember that horse getting up and and you know so maybe he, even back then he had a little bit of a a knack for turf poly routers and stuff which is weird because Mike grew up at uh, on a bull ring dirt track like hmm. your 
like your Timonium up in Detroit. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't, I don't know where he learned to train all those turf horses like he does. Yeah. Well, wherever he got that knowledge or the knack, it seems like he's able to identify horses because it always seems whenever he claims a horse, his intent is to, if it's not already running on, gra on grass, put him on grass, but especially just stretch him out. So he must, he must see or know the pedigree of whoever, else, whoever has the horse at the time that he claims him. And you can guarantee next, next first out, you know, with him being the listed trainer, the horse is going to go further than it's been typically running. So, uh, yeah, Mike has definitely made a name of this, uh, uh, for himself. And it's kind of, it's cool that, uh, you know, you, uh, or, you know, have his, uh, number in your contacts and you can uh, just talk. Yeah. Talk he's been, a, he's been a good, he's been a good friend over the years. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't talk a ton, but we text back and forth and, he, you know, he'll ask me, you know, who do you, who do you like? And of course he, he's high on a lot of his horses. So, you know, he never, thinks, <laughs> he, he better be right. He's pretty confident. <laughs> he never thinks he's going to lose. So. Hey, that that's the type of trainer you want uh, to have your horses with. Right. So, well, uh, Jack, I, by uh, your admission on um, you being 10 years old, who you wound up betting, um, I'm going to guess that uh, I graduated from high school a few years before you were born, mm -hmm. and I'll turn it over to my co-host, who probably is your generation, um, and and someone who, I, you know, this day is a, a wonderful day for me, because for the past two plus months, uh, Eric's been living the life of Riley. He just... Uh, Wakes up in the morning, his his biggest worry is who he's going to play in the pick five at whatever racetrack's running. He actually has to go back to work. So um, I'm. Uh, it, it's a happy day for me that Eric uh, has to be responsible again and teach our future generation uh, in the school. So um, without further ado, I'll turn it over to Eric if he has any other questions for you, Jack, or we'll just start into the late pick five on Saturday at Kentucky Downs. Yeah, and some people build themselves up by bringing others down. So I'm glad <laughs> that my misfortune could be your happiness. Glad to bring Working that into your Working for a living is your mis misfortune? <laughs> <laughs> well, I go from zero work to like 16-hour days now for the next uh, five yeah. months. But other than that, everything's good. So it kind of evens out in the end. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to jump into this pick five because otherwise we'll have a really long show. And uh, Kentucky Downs, a track that I love. This is like uh, Christmas for me in September, these seven days of, of Kentucky Downs. And so far, we're about halfway through uh, Thursdays. We record this, nothing uh, too successful yet, but you just need one score there usually, and you're up for the meet. So that's what I'm hoping for. And Saturday's late pick five begins in race seven, and that's where we'll pick up the pick five. So race seven, the Aristocrat Gaming Juvenile Phillies. It's a mile, obviously, on the turf. All the rays are on the turf for $500,000. A lot of money on the line for these two-year-olds. Jack, I'll let you start as the guest. Was there anyone in this race either who stood out to you or any of the short prices that you do not like? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of 
really the three, the four and the five that look to be the, you know, the two favorites and even the six for Brad Cox. I landed on the number eight, Callie's Grit, for Joe Sharp, drawn outside with Tyler Gaffley on. This horse is still a maiden. They're taking a shot in the state, so that, that leads you to think they're pretty confident on this, this two-year-old filly by McLean's Music. Ran second, first time out at Saratoga. You know, that obviously was a solid field, 10-horse field up there. Horse always seems to be working good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a shot with the eight and try to beat some of the chalk with Maker, Cox, and Chris Block. So that's kind yeah. of where I landed. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what to do in this race. We were just talking before we went on uh, about these two-year-old races. And this one I don't have a really strong opinion on. Uh, I, I actually think the Cox horse is okay, more because I downgrade a lot of these horses like so many of the horses I just thought got great setups or perfect trips. I thought the one horse it was on the dirt, but I thought he got a, a really good uh, setup. Uh, the uh, three horses, turf race, CC cruise control. I kind of downgraded that. I thought it had a perfect trip. The four, who I guess is technically the favorite I'm, I'm definitely against. Uh, there was a huge duel in that race. That's knock your socks off the four. Had a huge duel to close into. So, I mean, what yeah, are the chances of that happening again? So I'm, I'm definitely against the four. Uh, I, I kind of like the six, though, partially because I didn't downgrade like I did everyone else. Uh, horse did uh, save ground, but, you know, chased a, a pace that didn't look fast, but it wasn't like the race just held together totally. So um, uh, another horse who was chasing was 10 to 1 who faded towards the back. So I don't think the pace was as slow as the time looks. Sometimes they have timing issues, these tracks and all. So I, I think the six with Brad Cox second out is if I had a gun to my head and had to pick a winner, that would be my my pick there. Toehead is interesting because he ran, she ran in that race. You might remember July 24th at Saratoga where about three or four horses in the field pulled up on the backstretch. There was an outrider yelling uh, to pull the horses up because there was a gate malfunction, but they ended up getting the gate out of the way and they kept running the race. The first like five horses. Uh, but in the end, they declared a no contest because so many of the horses had stopped trying by then. And this horse won that race, albeit with a fairly easy lead. Uh, came back last time. I think it ran fairly well for Mike Maker. There's the five toehead. Chase a seven to two shot who kind of faded uh, to the back, was seventh in the end. So I, I thought the horse ran well, but she did have an experience edge over those, and she's already had a few races. So maybe her upside is not as big as the six. So I prefer the six, but uh, five is not terrible. And I'm not against your eight. I, I thought I had a fairly good trip last time, but uh, I'm not against that horse. I I'm actually going to probably chalk out here, mostly five, six, and eight. There's one or two long shots I might add. Uh, Jack, was it, before I asked GQ if he has opinions, was there anything else you want to mention about any of the horses, whether I mentioned or anyone else in the field we haven't? Oh, Brad Cox, he's done well. He's done well on these two-year-old stakes. He seems to know which one's the point, point to these races. So I think I think we're on the right three here, eight, six, five. That's That's the one, you know, and kind of play away from the – that kind of fade the, um, you know, the, the three and the four who, who look to take some money. Yeah, no, I, we're on the exact same page, so hopefully that's good, not always. Um, I even thought about the two a little bit just because uh, first time turf in a race where I downgrade a lot of these turf efforts. And the nine had to overcome a, and that's Mustang Lady, the nine had to overcome a five-length slow start. But again, that was on the dirt going short. Uh, ran okay. I mean, there was a big duel there. You're going to get a good price because of the connections. The mom was a uh, turf horse, even though she was a sprinter, 100-year storm. So 
Um, I, I don't know if you want like long shots of two and nine, which you, I, I thought about throwing in, but for the most part, I'm going to be uh six, eight and, and a little bit of five. Yeah. Like, oh, go like, ahead. I'm sorry, Jack. I like the two some, you know, that, that horse has some turf breeding on the bottom side, but you know, the six is probably uh, the most likely winner. I'm just making a little bit of a value observa- observation with the Joe Sharp and Tyler Gaffleon. Maybe you can get a square price on that horse, but the, the six probably is the, the most likely winner of the race. Being a Braves fan, got to root for a horse named Chop Chop. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Being uh, not a Braves fan, I don't have to, but I will if I bet on her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if the morning line is the best at Kentucky Downs. I, I, it's so few days I don't remember, but, you know, it, it's a tough track to do a morning line, so I don't want to kill whoever does it. But, you know, we're used to doing Saratoga where you have such a good morning line. So I, I think they might take money, I'm afraid. But I just hope the four and the three take money. The four is the morning line favorite I'm against, so I'm hoping that horse takes some money. GQ, did you want to add anything on race seven? Yeah. Um, for to, to educate the two of you, since you guys were born after this event, um, or maybe just history, you someone else educated you. Do either one of you know who the two horses' name is significance? Janice Joplin. Didn't she make the first American flag? Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, GQ. <laughs> We might be younger than you. We don't live under a rock. Me and Bobby McGee, huh? you know? <laughs> I'm aware of the song, yes. <laughs> okay. Janis Joplin, and um, Jack uh, alluded to it when he mentioned possibly the two horse. Yeah, there there is a little bit of turf breeding. Yeah, it's funny, everybody remembers California Chrome, Triple Crown, but... I was a uh, I was a naysayer when they they you know switched him over to turf and he did quite well in a few of his turf starts and same way with even though the dam uh, was only one for five in her um, starts and was not none of them were on turf um, Arch uh, her sire um, made made a little bit of money on turf so there is some modest turf breeding. Um, I'm always a fan of uh, Mark Cassie, Gary Barber horses showing up. So I'll go with, uh, I doubt, I don't think I'll get eight to one on Janice job. Yeah, it's funny. My my daughter, who is in high school, it's homecoming week, and, and her uh, her class all had to dress up like it uh, for the 60s. So there's a lot of kids this morning. <laughs> nice. Janice Joplin. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, put me down, documented. Uh, the two horses. Mark, Mark Cassie, the last three years at Kentucky Downs is three for 44. That's, that's oh. only calls <laughs> for calls. <laughs> well, you're going to get a price at least. So I think the morning line is okay there. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, no, um, I don't have a strong feeling there. And it didn't sound like uh, my co host here uh, or no. guests didn't have a huge opinion there. But hopefully we're right with those horses. And hopefully the four knock your socks off doesn't do much running. So we're a little distracted. Sorry, I'm like trying to stall because the late pick five on Thursday just kicked off at Kentucky Downs. And unlike other tracks, you really have to pay attention if you want to see who's running. So it's hard to tell. It looks like the favorite on the lead. I don't know who's on the outside. Is that the seven? Yes, Coming on the outside? That's the maker on the maker. outside. Maker. Oh, big day at maker household today. Oh, that's the favorite though, right? Man. No, he's second choice. Oh, is he? Okay, because I did use him, so. At least I'm alive. I assume you had him to start or? Yeah, yeah, I had him to start. All right. 
we and 99% of the other people are still alive in the late yeah. pick five. Lakers, but you only have to have one price. So. And it Lakers pays. won three out of the first six at Kentucky down. So it looks like he's uh, – he got off to a slow start there last year and had a very disappointing meet. So, but it looks like he's on the right track this year. And it looks like Ricardo Santana finally won a photo after a tough loss earlier uh, for Maker. So – uh, anyway, getting back to Saturday races, we'll go on to race eight. This is the boys version of the juvenile, uh, $500,000 also, also a mile, obviously on the turf. And I have a little more of an opinion here. In fact, I'm going to go too deep here. There's a chance I had a third horse, but I'm most likely going to go too deep. And we'll, if the morning line's accurate, one's a somewhat shorter price, although not short, and the other one's a long price, but I'm actually going to be against a couple of the favorites here. Uh, so... I don't know if I'm excited to bet this race because it's not a strong, strong opinion, but I am going against the favorites. Uh, Jack, race eight. How do you want to uh, start this race here? Who do you want to talk about? My top pick is the number three for Ken McPeak, Mayfield Strong. I think they've always kind of liked that that cult. They named him, you know, uh, in honor of the the storm victims that uh, went through Mayfield, Kentucky. So I've always kind of rooted for this horse. And when McPeak gets these um, two-year-olds going long on the turf in, in the summer, some of the first two-year-old races is when his barn really seems to shine. And this horse did, didn't disappoint, took, took all the money last time and, and was pretty impressive there at Ellis Park. Um, so I, I will be leaning on the number three Mayfield strong and the number seven is coming out of the same race for Rusty Arnold. That horse is drawn well toward the outside. So I, I like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that that's a solid race and use those two as my A's. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting because I like the seven lever. If that's how you pronounce it. And I don't like the three so much me feeling strong. Uh, now I feel like crap for not using him because of what he's named after, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just thought that that horse, I don't want to talk people off of horses, nor can I, because hopefully people don't listen, but um, I just thought I had a perfect trip, almost saving ground and already had experience where the seven, it was first time out. So I, I think there's more room for improvement. Got off to a two length slow start, but there's no head on. So it was, it was a seven labor. It was really hard to tell exactly how it happened, but was off on about a two length slow start. Uh, did save some ground. But I just thought that this horse is seven ran better than it looks because of that start and, and also first time starter. So I don't think the race favored closers or speed horses or anything like that. But uh, I do like the seven. Uh, I'm going to play against the three. I respect Jack's opinion and doors can definitely do well. I just uh, I just rather play against. I'll just jump in with my other horse and I'll throw it back to Jack for anyone else he likes. Um, my other horse, who's a little more logical, but on the odds is the two. And that's Bramble Blaze. That's Mike Dinney horse for Florent Giroux. I should have set up my partner GQ likes to say his name. Maybe it'll come up again. Uh, There's a horse who it says was fractious in the gate. um, And he broke in and had a check uh, multiple times. Kept like bumping the horse to the inside. Uh, The horse had a solid pace to close into. But um, three chalks up front kind of held a little bit. Actually, one held second, the other is fifth and sixth. So it wasn't much of a duel, but... I don't know. I just thought that this horse ran 
pretty well to close into that pace. I think it was like a blazing pace. And I think also can step forward second time out. So that's my other horse. Sorry, I had trouble reading my handwriting. So if I didn't sound too coherent talking about the two, that's the reason why. But two seven for me here. I'll talk about the third horse I might throw in if I uh if it's not mentioned. But Jack, so you mentioned the five and seven. It sounded like those are uh, I'm sorry, the three and seven. It sounded like those are the only two you're interested in race eight. Was there anyone else on your radar? Well, since Mike Maker's winning every other race at Kentucky <laughs> Downs so far today, I, I, I'm sure I'm sure I'll find a way to use the number four, really good, who won first time out at Saratoga for him. Uh, Saez was aboard that day. Now Tyler Gaffleyon gets aboard. They're going to be teaming up plenty this meet. That's that's your five to two favorite. But ever you know, anyone can find a blinking light. But you know, the other Maker who looks like a private purchase for three diamonds. You know, that source is coming out of five furlong turf sprints where it's had the lead. And, you know, Ricardo Santana is an aggressive jock. So that horse is going to be probably setting the pace in here for a hot barn. Yeah, that was the other horse I was going to mention. I, I don't love the six bourbon therapy, as uh, Jack just talked about. But his race two back was pretty good. Got in a duel with the favorite who ended up winning the race. But, you know, I thought it was a legitimate pace. Last race I didn't like very much. But as Jack also mentioned, you know, this horse should be on the lead and I mean has so much more early speed than, than most of the field. I mean, maybe the five or someone else will be able to go with him. But uh if speed is doing well, I mean, having a three diamonds farm horse for Mike Maker on the lead is not a bad thing. So that would be the other horse if I went one deeper. So it's like we're on somewhat the same page again, except uh Jack prefers a three seven and I'm more two seven here. Uh, and that's all I'm gonna use in that pick five most likely. GQ, you want to throw in your uh Two or 20 or 30 cents? Sure, I'll put in my two cents. I concur with you guys as far as what you've said with the seven. Um, seems like it should be, you know, or at least what the few races, one or two races each of these have uh, won, have been close, near or close to the lead. So it sets up for some, you know, somebody who can come off the pace, which is what the seven showed coming off late. And uh, yes, Eric, thank you for the setup. Uh, I am also liking number two, Bramble Blaze, um, Michael Denny. First time at Monmouth, and I'm not a big you know fan of the horses running at Monmouth. I don't know why, but I you know, but like you said, it was a somewhat slow pace, still closed into it, fractious, off slow. And if this horse can overcome all that with Madeline Rowland, a bug girl, on uh, his back when um, she comes to or he comes to Kentucky Downs and Florosu gets a leg up, you know that was coming. So uh, I I'm one for both the seven and the two, which is put you in deep shit because. Uh, that's who you like as well. Yeah, I'll have to reevaluate the race now, but no, I'm going <laughs> to stick with my uh, my two horses there, and we will see what happens. So unless you guys want to add anything else, I guess we can go on to race nine. This is, uh, oh boy, optional claimer for 62000 non-winners of two other than. So basically a second-level allowance, or you can put your horse up for 62000 claiming tag, which only, I think, the five-horse Almadrina and the nine signify are the only two up for a tag here. That matters. I don't know, but interesting. So 
in this spot here, I can see a, a lot of people kind of spreading here. Uh, there's no, I'm just flipping through. I hope I didn't mess up, but I don't think there's like a huge, I mean, the, the nine is five to two and we'll talk about the nine horse. I don't really care for the nine horse, but we'll, we'll get to that. That's Signify. I'm sorry if I, Jack likes him or GQ you like him. And I just said, I don't like him, but that's a uh, horse race. And we can disagree. I actually like uh, some prices here. So I'm hoping to get the morning line because there is a chance I single a big up bomb here. I'm not positive, but that's definitely in the card. So Jack, who are you looking at here in race nine as possibilities? Yeah, I kind of like the prize horse uh, here too. And I'm like, gosh, I'm probably going to sound crazy talking about this horse. But the more I looked, I thought this, I thought this race uh, looked to have a very solid pace signed on. Now, so I kind of went looking for a closer and the number 10 kind of jumped out at me with those races that she had back at the fairgrounds closing uh, down the outside. She actually won back-to-back -back races there early in the year, back this winter, closing with the same jockey that's aboard today, Garrett Loveberry. And, you know, she's listed at 20 to 1 morning line. Her recent form, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to make too much of a case for her. She's faced some pretty tough, tough fillies, though. So I'm going to I'm going to look to her and key her in exactas and definitely use her as an A in my pick five, the number 10. Uh, good luck with uh, – good luck pronouncing that <laughs> name, but the number 10 for Neil Pesson and Jareth Loveberry. Um, also, I think you got to use the number 11, Nota Bene, for Ian Wilkes. She's coming off of a perfect trip and setup last time at Saratoga, but, you know, she did get the job done, and it was fairly impressive that day. She got a fast pace to close into it, but she may get another one a Saturday. So, you know, she's drawing well on the outside. I, I'm, you know, looking for outside runners, outside closers, and she's going to she's gonna be one. And if I'm right about the pace here, she looks maybe to be the one to beat. Well, Jack, we – we didn't talk before the show about who we like and all, but this is kind of scary because other than a little disagreement last race, but we both liked the long shot. Uh, that's the horse I made single, the 10. Uh, Troll Barretts, I tried to pronounce it. I probably did it wrong. Uh, so I don't want to repeat because you spoke a lot about the horse, but the horse, like you said, ran fairly well at um, Fairgrounds, breaking her uh, 1X level race. And after that, she went in some stakes races. I mean, she's like 50 to 1, 40 to 1. She wasn't going to do anything in those races. And then kind of had a comeback at Colonial at this level. Um, Save ground, but there really was no pace in that race. It was shorter. So I, I think the, the further distance and the yeah. fact that you mentioned, and I see it the same way, there looks like a lot of pace on paper. And there's I, I, no think she's, I think she's got some excuses. I mean, you know, if yeah. you want to walk three further, you know, the three back at Keeneland, the Appalachian, that was a super slow pace, and she was last ever step, never really had any shot. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's the right distance for her, but, you know, she just had no shot that day. Then she, she drew the rail at Churchill when the inside of that turf course was not where you wanted to be at all. I'm not sure, you know, she was overlooked in the betting that day, 37-1, to 1, and she was, she was down on the inside where it was, you know, pretty deep down in there. I thought you wanted to be outside on, you know, in, uh, in mid early May at Churchill on the turf. And she, she was on the, you know, the hedge with Lannery who loves to save ground. <laughs> and then she come back off the layoff and, you know, they shipped her over there. And like you said, at Colonial, she drew the rail again. And I, 
kind of thought at Colonial, the outside runners fared a little bit better on the turf sprint on the outer turf. So I think she set up for us to score out Saturday. Well, I hope you're right. And the fact that we both like her, I just hope that means a lot of people don't like her and she ends up going off a short price. But 20 to 1 in the morning line, I'm not going to repeat what you said about Nata Bene or Nota Bene, uh, the 11 horse. That would be another horse that I like. Um, you mentioned a perfect trip last time. Did get squeezed back at the start a uh, length or two, but other than that, perfect trip, but still a little bit of a slow start. The only other horse I'm going to use, I'm going three deep here almost definitely, unless I single the 10. Uh, but I'm 10, 11, and the other horse is also on the outside, the 12 horse, Touch of Class. And this horse, when you first look, you're like, oh, a speed horse, there's a lot of speed. But uh, shortening up from a mile, the horse can come off the pace. We'll probably be close, but, you know, sit maybe fourth or something like that, which could be a very good spot. Maybe sit that perfect trip right behind the speed. Uh, but this is a horse who has uh, run fairly well in some stakes race. Uh, last race, looks like she got an easy lead, the 12 touch of class, but was really being pressed a little bit. So even though it looks like in the PPs, oh, she was ahead by a length easily, she, she did get pressed some. Uh, and I think the mile might be a little too far for her. She's come up a little short uh, both times. She's got a mile recently. So uh, I think the cutback will help. Uh, you mentioned about how Maker's winning every race while the jockey winning every race is Tyler Gaffleyon. So can't hurt to have Tyler in the irons as well. So I'm um, 10, 11, 12 in that race. And, you know, betting it vertically, I'll probably box, assuming the morning line's right and they're not taking a ton of money. Um, you know, I'll probably box an exact, which I'm not huge. I'm boxing three horses, but when you got big fields and you got prices, you can do that. And then I'll key the 10. So I'll bet like whatever the money is, doesn't matter, but an exact box 10 with 11, 12. So as long as the 10 is first or second, I'll have a, a lot extra with the 11 or 12 um, with the 10. So 10, 11, 11, 10, 12, 10, 10, 12. I'll be in good shape. Uh, and that's all I'm using there. Not that other horses can't win. The two stop war ran pretty well for uh, Sweezy at a similar level last time at Woodbine. But uh, there does seem to be a lot of speed in the race. So I'm hoping that the pace works against the two stop war. Uh, GQ, you want to jump in and then I'll let uh, Jack wrap it up in this race if he has anything else. Yeah, you're going to be mad at me because uh, I came up with the 11, 12. Um, <laughs> the, the 11, because I, I'm looking and a lot of these horses, they're, they're running at Indiana Downs, you know, uh, Ellis Park, Colonial. You know, they're, they're, they're not, you know, racing against the, the better crop horses. So, um, Looking at the 11, though, to be uh, Benny, you know, Saratoga, Belmont, Churchill Downs, Keeneland, can't get much better than that as far as competition. Now, not crazy about the fact that uh, the horse just uh, cleared its uh, nine winners of one other than uh, that. That's usually a bet against for me. Plus, you go from Irad to Chris Landeros. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll flip flop, uh, make the 12, my top pick, with my favorite, uh, jockey, Tyler Gaffleone. And like you said, uh, it, the horse isn't a miler. They're sending him a mile to get him some stamina. So hopefully, um, he can, uh, um, sit off the pace and, and come running late. One, uh, another long shot, since it seems like this ninth race is long shot city. Price horse uh, possibility is the one Buzia uh, with the Julian Le Peru. Oh, Safi Joseph bringing this horse up from Florida. The horse has not done well at this level, um, but, uh, you know, it's 
been off the, the turf a lot, a lot of the times down in Florida uh, early in the spring, late winter, and possibly uh, Safi. Uh, the horse has a third uh, last year here. Uh, had early speed in a $400,000 stakes race. Maybe uh, uh, it'll come off the pace a tad. Maybe you can stalk along the rail. So 12-11-1 um, for me. Jack, anything else in this race? You know, if I was just going to add one more horse, it would be the number three for Paula Lobo. You know, hmm. this horse come over. She showed a lot of speed. Of course, we're talking, you know, how much speed there is in the race. But she's seems to she really seems to have kind of a touch of class about her she's um she's won turf and dirt you know in argentina and you know she showed some, she showed legit speed against the quality field at ellis last time and lobo he's kind of a turfy trainer and so she might she might kind of be sneaky here yeah i actually went back and watched that race in uh, argentina san isidro i found it i'm impressed with my spanish because i can go on their website and Look through it. It's really hard. Like resultato, I figured out was results. So I'm very proud of myself. But I had a very good trip, but I have no idea what she's running against over there. So, um, but yeah, like you mentioned, and last race was off a layoff. So I can definitely see that horse doing something there. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I guess we can go on to race 10, uh, second to last leg here. And this is the Windstar Mint Million. It's a grade three, also a mile. That's a popular distance in this sequence on the turf. And I, I was hoping that the nine horse Atone would scratch and run today, Thursday, so I can single this race on Saturday. But Atone scratched on Thursday, so I assume the horse will be running in this race on Saturday, race 10. So now I have to have a decision because uh, I do like Atone a little bit, but there's another horse I like. And maybe I'll just start this race uh, quickly because I'm only going to talk about one horse right now anyway. And unfortunately, it's a horse... Than I would have had last time at 10 to 1. And that's the four Gray's Fable. Um, Gray's Fable, two background in Indiana, Hoosier, or whatever they call it now, Horseshoe, and got in a huge speed duel with some like it hot brown. He's a very good horse. So you can argue maybe not as good this year as the horse has been in the past, but I think some like it hot brown came back. I don't know if it was her, uh, his next race, but ended up winning and off the turf like three or four horse field at Saratoga. So I don't know if that really means anything if you see the horse came back to win, but I think there was a race in between the uh, the Indiana race and that uh, off the turf at Saratoga. But Grace Hill got in a huge speed duel uh, against a quality field. The horse was 22 to one, didn't have much of a shot in the race probably anyway. So I'm, I'm huge on, and people listen to the show know, and GQ knows, I'm huge on horses that duel, especially if they duel like favorites in tougher races, and then they come back against similar or lesser uh, they're probably not going to get in the same speed duel again. And if they don't, they can really move forward a lot. Or the, the speed duel made it look like they ran a lot worse than they did the time before. So I, I don't really bet Ellis. I didn't make one bet there. So I, I'm sure I would have had this horse 10 to 1. So that sucks. But maybe I'm a race too late. But I still like this horse. Um, was too wide, same ground. Uh, had a steady. I know it says like bumped, uh, steadied in the stretch. I mean, Altered out a little bit, definitely affected a little bit, but maybe like half a length to a length at most. I don't think it was that bad. So I kind of wish it didn't say that because people might bet the horse thing it had trouble. Uh, but I thought he still ran well. He was extending late, in my opinion. So as they're hitting the wire, he only won by a neck. It might look like he was slowly losing the lead or something. I don't know, but he, he was going to keep going and extend that lead, I thought. So Grace Fable ran very well. Uh, there was another horse in here, a couple in here who ran against him. In fact, Mr. Dumas was the one that was 
kind of closing, but I don't think Mr. Dumas, the six horse, was going by Gray's Fable, had a similar trip to Gray's Fable, too. He, he was basically behind Gray's Fable the whole time that race, so a similar trip. I don't know. I mean, Gray's Fable, the seven-year-old, never ran a Kentucky down, so who knows? Not necessarily getting better, but um, I, I think this horse is in good form, and I'm okay possibly singling Gray's Fable. Maybe um, I don't want to put you on the spot, Jack, but Maybe you can help me with the jockey because I don't follow Kentucky racing too much. And I have no idea who this jockey is. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Michelle or Mitchell. Uh, so maybe you can help me with that. And then I'll throw it over to you for any horses you like, if you want to talk about Grace Fable or anyone else. Yeah, she, the jockey on, on Grace Fable, uh, she had an amazing ride on that horse last time at Ellis. I remember watching that race and she has uh, really rode a confident race, you know, and really changed his running style but she she really rode confidently got a got a just a beautiful split i mean she looked like a ramon dominguez that race hmm. and she she's came over from europe and uh, i remember reading an article about her early in the summer uh, and you know she's she's got limited opportunities so far but brian lynch put her on on that horse and you know she made him look like a genius <laughs> last time winning the stake up at the uh, at Ellis Park. The, the horse I'm interested in is the number seven coming from coming from Monmouth out of the United Nations. You know, much tougher, a much tougher race. Kentucky Ghost for Mickey Oliver. That distance last time was just probably too far for this horse. Um, you know, he's got two seconds at Kentucky Downs. I'm hoping Saturday is the time for him to break through. You know, he's he ran second last year to In Love, who's a really nice Paulo Lobo here at Kentucky Downs. So, you know, hopefully he'll get a decent setup. And, you know, with Bayerano, I think he'll be closing down the outside late. So he's he's going to offer some value, I believe, off the dull effort at Monmouth. And, you know, you also have the number nine, Atone, who scratched out of a race today. Another one of those maker, Tyler Gaffleon, mm-hmm. runners third off the layoff. And you could argue both of his races at Saratoga would probably get the job done here. You know, he, he ran into City Man, um, two back at Saratoga. City Man kind of freaked that day at, for Christophe Clement and Joel Rosario and just exploded through the lane to win. And then last time, I think you could argue that Atone was probably best. He had to wait and you know, had some big strides late and, you know, to just miss in there. So he, he looks like he's in really good form coming, coming into this spot and he's well drawn on the outside. So those would be, you know, the two leans and obviously, you know, your favorite pixelate or, you know, Florent and Mike Stidham one for one at Kentucky Downs, won a big stakes race here, you know, last year, I guess won the same, mm-hmm. same race last yep. year. You know, and I, I had a decent little score on that on that race, so I remember <laughs> my caches are seem to be a little too far between. If you can remember, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I did really well on that. I remember doing really well on that race last year with a uh, pixelate. Uh, I think there was a maker ran second, I believe. Some like it, hot brown ran second. Who is a maker? Yeah, I, had, I believe right? I had that. I had the exact. A pretty good. I'm pretty sure. Nice. It's always fun to remember the the big scores. Um, well, I, I want you to do well, but I'm not using Kentucky Ghost, so I don't want you to do that well. <laughs> um, but uh, I do like a tone here. That would be my other horse. So uh, for me, I'm on the four grace fable and the nine a tone. I'm not going to go any deeper. I'm not against like horses. I mean, I don't like Kentucky Ghost personally, but I'm not against the other horses. 
you know, Pixley can win. Let me ask you a question, though, about um, when you're handicapping Kentucky now, something that I do, and I don't know if I'm right, but do you look more so at Kentucky Downs, how the horses have run at the track in the past, even though you're going back a year or two years? Yeah, I, think that's, I think that's the – if I could just tell one person, to, uh, if I could tell someone just to bet one thing at Kentucky Downs, I would say look for horses that have ran there before and ran well. You know, so here lately where there so many horses are pointing there, you you see a lot of return winners and things like that. Like this race here, you know, there's quite a few horses that have experience over the course and have run well here before. So, you know, I, I would give, you know, I would give those horses an edge, you know, like the number two cavalry charge. He's one for one at Kentucky Downs. You know, I don't I don't love the draw inside i'm not a huge david coleman on the turf fan if i'm being perfectly honest but you know that horse has been facing you know some of the top turf runners in north america you know coming off you know two stakes runs just missed had a good trip to back at Indy, saved every inch of ground that day and missed to ivar who's a grade one winner so you know i mean that race right there puts you know you know, puts the horse right in the mix. Yeah, I'm not against the two cavalry charges. I just don't think I'm going to go that deep in this race. Uh, the two pixelate, the three you mentioned is fine. I, I kind of alluded to Mr. Dumas is fine, the six horse. So I, I can see any of those three winning. But like I said, I'm going to take a stand here and a couple of horses that I kind of like, hoping one of them scratches, to be honest, so I can single the race. But unfortunately, that might not happen for me, at least. Good for the connections, obviously, that running. GQ, you want to uh, chime in on race number 10? Now, nah, just for, in, in the interest of time, you guys touched on both of my horses. Not uh, the nine atone basically because of the scratch out of the Thursday uh, race. And Kentucky Ghost is two for two running second at Kentucky Downs. And I agree with what uh, Jack said about his last race at Monmouth coming off of the brief layoff. So put me down for nine seven. All right, I'm writing it down. Uh, race 11, we wrap this up. It's a maiden special weight for 150K. Plus, I think you get more if you're a Kentucky bred. It's also a mile. I guess every race in the sequence seems like it's a mile. Maybe one of them wasn't. But uh, this is a race where, if you've noticed, for me at least, I don't know if people keep in track, but I I've kind of mentioned like two, maybe three hordes of race. I really haven't gone very deep. This is a race I have to go deep if I'm betting this because I have no, I don't want to curse, but no frigging clue here. I, I, I like have no opinion. There's some words I thought ran okay, but I don't love some other words I thought didn't run great, but they can still win. So I'm hoping that uh, you two guys have some sort of opinion here. I'll throw out a couple thoughts I had, but uh, I'll, I'll let Jack start with this. Do you see any clarity in this race? Yeah, I kind of like this race. You know, oh, it, good. Is, it is a little bit of a blurry picture, but I like the number 11 shady road for rusty Arnold. Uh, you know, he's, I never noticed Rusty Arnold using Martin Garcia that often, but, uh, Garcia's used, uh, rode this horse, uh, what will be now. And it's all three of its lifetime starts. So I don't know what's going on there, but the horse is well drawn. He's putting blinkers on horse seems to be working well, you know, the, the runner-up from its last race at Ellis come right back to win. So I think it's coming out of a live race. You know, the horse is um, really well-bred. You know, one of those Glen Hill Farm 
you know, beautifully bred horses. So, you know, I, that would be my top pick. And the number eight also is a, uh, is another one I would look at, you know, that, that race, it was a really slow pace. It kind of broke in bump last time at ending, got, got back early, kind of made a middle move there for position. You know, that race was wired by a $64 winner and Helen Pitts, you know, a small outfit. She's got Julian Leperu to ride this uh, filly by Kittens Joy, who's, you know, doubly bred for the turf, obviously. Kittens Joy out of a theatrical mare. I think this horse could could be, you know, stalking with Julian and, you know, is good enough to, w- to win here at a decent price. Yeah, nice that it showed kind of a, a different side tactically. The horse... Uh, this is the eight joyful applause kind of broke in. I mentioned this about a different horse before when I couldn't read my handwriting because I thought this was that horse. Uh, but this eight horse joyful applause in the last race on Saturday, uh, this is the horse that kind of broke in. And if you watch the replay, just kept smacking the horse to the, his inside or her inside. And they bumped like five times early. Uh, so this horse was a, a little back as a result, had a little bit of a wide trip. So I'm not against the eight. I like that race. I just, I mean, it's at Indiana and I don't know, I guess it was a decent field. I don't know. I mean, the horse was four to one coming off of some decent speed figures. So I guess the race was, you know, similar to this in quality and the 11 Shady Road, you mentioned, I'm not against that horse at all. Um, I I just like the first race Shady Road ran June 3rd at at Churchill, I thought was a really nice first time start. Got checked early. There was really no pace to close into. I'm like, all right, this horse will step forward. I don't know. I know the horse got checked a little at the start. Uh, I'm sorry, checked uh, on the start of the first turn is the 11. But other than that, I, I thought it had a good setup to close and a good trip. So I, I actually thought the 11 ran better first time out, but maybe it was just a tougher field. Like you mentioned last time, the runner up came back to win. So maybe that's the reason why. So uh, Jack mentioned the eight and the 11. I'm definitely not against either one. Uh, I can see either one winning. Uh, GQ, did you have any, uh, thing to throw out in this race? And I'll mention one or two things and let Jack wrap it up. Oh, I'm, I'm going to put a horse that I don't like right into the winner's circle. And that's Brad Cox's number seven horse fascination. As you, as you know, I love the four-year-olds in against three-year-olds. Um, but I'm reading between the lines here. The horse debuted two, two races at Woodbine. First for Grand Motion. Runs a halfway decent race. Uh, the, the horse is then off for a few months. Uh, goes to uh, Norm McKnight's uh, barn. Probably bled in that race on synthetic. The horse hasn't seen uh, the races since then. But I like, in these particular cases, I like to look at the, the workouts as far as where these horses are as far as working out. So this horse obviously went from Woodbine to Indiana Downs. Now, I, I doubt if Brad Cox's first string is stabled at Indiana Downs. So I'm going to poo-poo the seven fascination based on the fact that uh, he's been working at Indiana Downs, second stringer. But the fact that his first time Lasix gets Lasix, uh, we'll probably put him right into the winner circle as I, as I don't like him at the uh, four to one morning line horse that I, I kind of like is, um, Jack's friend, Mike Maker's horse, the six intrigue, um, Peter Blum bred and owns this horse. Peter Blum, uh, 
loves breeding for, for turf. This horse belongs on the turf. It's a mystery why this horse started, uh, you know, working out for his debut all the way back over a year ago at Santa Anita, then came east to Keeneland, and then still wasn't ready uh, over to Ellis Park and then debuts on the dirt at Churchill Downs because their turf horse, turf course is screwed up, so they couldn't get on the turf there. So maybe they just wanted to give the horse an education and ran him in that race, which doesn't show much. So I'm intrigued by the six-horse intrigue, and even though uh, the price isn't attractive at six to one, I'll still use intrigue as my top pick. All right, and I'll just mention a couple horses because – you know, it's a great podcast when everyone mentions like three horses, repeating confuses people. But I said, I don't really have a, a strong opinion here. Uh, I thought the two Peroni, if that's how you pronounce it, not the beer, but another spelling, Peroni. Anyway, I thought this horse ran pretty well in Churchill, May thir- uh, 14th, three back. This is the two Peroni. Uh, I have an upgrade in that race. I thought the pace was pretty hot that um, she was kind of stalking and then took the lead. So expectedly kind of faded in that race. So I was okay with that race and then came back without blinkers. So perhaps that's why the horse was way back and not near the lead and all. Then they put the blinkers back on the August 4th race, but unfortunately they got rained off the turf. And I mean, the horse has been similar on turf and dirt, so I don't want to make too many excuses there, but yeah, I thought this horse could, uh, could improve again because like I said, the last race on the turf with blinkers, I kind of liked and, I found some excuses, one being no blinkers and one being on the dirt last time. So uh, a horse that I'll definitely be using. I can't say I love. And the other horse, uh, two others real quick. The one, Gunnish, I'll be using. I don't know if this horse is going to take to the turf, but I thought the horse ran pretty well in Gulfstream on the synthetic two back. And I'm not a a pedigree breeding guy. like. No, you're not. If you don't think this horse is going to take to the turf. No, um, Declaration of War and Dinah Former Mare. That's turf on top of turf. That's what I was getting at. I was going to say, I'm not really, like Jack mentioned, he's, he's strong on pedigrees. I'm not at all, but I do know Declaration of War. I know Dinah Former, very strong turf influence. So I'm assuming this horse should take to the turf, and it thought ran pretty well. Um, and then just one last horse. I don't know if the morning line is accurate on this horse, but it's the five. Ugroda. These are like the toughest names to pronounce. I feel bad for Larry Coleman. He's got 12 <laughs> horse fields and it's like impossible names too. I mean, look at these names. Uh, all, all sequence, not just this race. So the five was a Chad Brown horse right in January. And I actually upgraded the race uh, because I just didn't think there was any pace in that race to close into. It was a first time starter going long, which can be tough. So I thought ran okay. Now, listen, I have no idea what it means that the horse is now in the Andrew McKeever barn. I assume I didn't look it up. Maybe I should have. I'm assuming Shadwell had him with Chad initially, and they just transferred the horse to McKeever. I don't know why. I mean, if you guys have guesses, feel free to uh, you know share them in a second. But um, Chad had a hot date oh, that afternoon, so they transferred too soon. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> I thought the horse ran well. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna get this price. Maybe there's a bad reason why he's not with, she's not with Chad anymore, but. Uh, for a horse who, you know, tried to close into no pace, only had the one start. Yeah, there's a layoff and all, but uh, I said, I'm not singling this horse or anything like that. 20 to one morning line. Again, I don't know if you'll get that much with the speed figure that she earned first out, but I'll definitely be using the one, two, five. And I said, I'm going real deep here. So you don't want to listen to me too much on this race. Jack, is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap it up? 
Yeah, I'll throw out one more goofy name, Philly, in here. The number four, Bally Kuda. If you look, if you look at her second career start last year, July the third at Ellis of 2021, she ran second, beating less than a length to Yin Yang. Yin Yang is a Brad Cox who came back. I'm pretty sure she came back to win the two-year-old stake off that race. She came back to win at Kentucky Downs, the two-year-old stake that we, uh, you know, reviewed for to, uh, Saturday's card. So she she has a little bit of back class and some company lines there. And, you know, Jason Barkley, as we say here in the South, God bless his heart, he, he barely wins. And, but, you know, I, I, I'm kind of want to throw this horse in. Her last got rained off the turf. She did absolutely no running. That doesn't bother me. She's she's only bred to be a, a, a turfer. So I may throw her in and hope to get all the money because she's going to be 30 to one. Yeah, I mean, had the prep race coming back. So and those figures, like for people who are speed figure people, I would advise them to, you know, consider other things as well. But those 58 buyers, if you're looking at buyers, they might look a little slow, but those were as two-year-olds. She's now a three-year-old, so exactly. she should be able to run better if you're just assuming she's not a dirt horse, which she's had two kind of crummy raises on the dirt. So um, definitely I'll be using the four. Try to mention her, but you know she'll be on my tickets as well, but I'm using a lot of horses here. So um, hopefully we gave you some, uh, some food for thought to uh, look over these races. They're very tough. Uh, Jack, where, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter, Valljack79. So I don't, I don't tweet a lot, <laughs> but yeah, I'm there. All right, so if anyone wants to follow Jack on Twitter, you got it there. Uh, I guess he's a Tennessee volunteer yeah, check fan. Out, check, out my Insta- check out the same handle on Instagram if you want to see some good food pics, but that's about it. <laughs> All right. That GQ Ooh, is now I'm signing up for Instagram. Oh, he's not definitely. on Instagram, but he's joining up, uh, signing up now. <laughs> so, I guess you're a volunteer fan, so we can't, can't all be perfect, but you know, yeah, they, us- they uh they get their season started tonight. Titans, Vols, Braves. So, are you uh in agreement with uh, giving all the points? Oh, I'm not a I'm not a sports better at all, so I'm, I'm, uh, totally, okay. I'm totally clueless there. I haven't <laughs> I haven't been a, a a ball game in 15 years, and but when I did bet, I would bet. 10 or 20 bucks as someone once said they're like a, a betting a betting a ball game is like a three-hour inquiry <laughs> good so, point uh, <laughs> i choose to watch as fan as a fan yeah. rather than a better there you definitely go. The, the volunteers the- oh i was gonna say the volunteers turned me off when they hired bruce pearl to be their basketball coach that was the last day i rooted for tennessee i was done with them so sorry <laughs> bruce pearl. no love <laughs> i kind of wish we still had him well, you'd win, but the way you would win would be a little dirty, but, you know, yeah. get well, some wins. You know, what can you say? People <laughs> people root for Bob Baffert, too, so. That is true, and I think – I don't want to impugn all college basketball coaches, but I'm sure a lot of them are doing similar things. GQ, do you want to say something? We're going to wrap it up here? No, I just want to thank Jack for taking his time and uh, joining us. Uh, it was a pleasure, Jack, uh, so um, – yeah. Best of best of luck for for uh, the entire Kentucky Downs meet and uh, all of your wagers moving forward. Yeah, Appreciate maybe I'll find some of my Saratoga money at Kentucky Downs. So it's it's been good to me in a few years, uh, you know, in the past. So 
always look forward to them running there. I wish they ran more than seven, seven cards, but you know, we'll take what we can get. Well, that's good. Jack did a nice thing for us. He did not pick up his kids from school so he can do the podcast with us. Hopefully it doesn't hurt you come father's day. When the gift time comes, they don't remember this day. You got plenty of time for them to forget it. So don't worry about it. <laughs> but the local I, authorities will be knocking on his door. Are these your children? No, <laughs> someone else was picking them up. Everything's good. We don't want to make him uh, CPS uh, making a call to his house. So. Oh, the waffles, uh, the waffles off work today. So she was able to knock that out. And tell her thank you, because that allowed you to come on this show. So sincerely, thank you to her. Thank you to you for joining us. And we'll let you go to catch the last few races on Thursday. Uh, good luck to everyone out there. Hopefully you enjoy the meet. We'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. Ta-ta. <laughs>